Good morning, City Church. Do I sound older? Because I'm 43 today. Yesterday, I was 42. Today, I'm 43. Happy birthday to me. Actually, did you know a little piece of history? Uh, birthdays were not celebrated until recently, in like the last 100 years or so. So typically, a lot of people didn't really know when their exact birthday was. Um, and also, if you have a birthday, uh, thank your mother. Because that's the most passive celebration that you can possibly have. You literally did nothing. All right. Uh, but happy birthday to me, okay? <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. A little levity this morning. Uh, I'm all in for the birthday celebrations, except when I'm not. Uh, today, we're going to go to Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5. And we're going to hear journal through this. Um, as we go through the early church history here. Acts chapter 5, uh, we are going to, today's reading on the City Church app is for Acts 5, 22 through 32, uh, but I need to back up to the start of this section, uh, which will take us into the middle of 21, so I'll start there. It says, when the high priest and those who were with him arrived, they convened the Sanhedrin, the full council of the Israelites, and sent orders to the jail to have them brought. But when the servants got there, they did not find them in the jail, so they returned and reported. We found the jail securely locked with the guards standing in front of the doors, but when we opened them, we found no one on the inside. As the captain of the temple police and the chief priest heard about these things, they were baffled about them, wondering what would come of this. Someone came and reported to them, Look, the men you put in jail are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the commander went with the servants and brought them in without force because they were afraid that the people might stone them. After they brought them in, they had them stand before the Sanhedrin, and the high priest asked, didn't we strictly order you not to teach in this name? Look, you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter and the apostles replied, we must obey God rather than people. The God of our ancestors raised up Jesus, whom you had murdered by hanging him on a tree. God exalted this man to his right hand as ruler and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. And that is the word of the Lord from Acts chapter 5. Uh, today, what I want to highlight is, in these verses, is a pattern. Um, and from that pattern, uh, what I'd like to uh, explain and then apply and talk about is um, the technique, we can say, of living in the narrative of Scripture, living in the narrative of Scripture. So first, let's take a look um, at what happens in this passage. And the first question that I want you to ask yourself when you read this passage is, does what happens here ring a bell? Do you hear any patterns that you might have heard before in Scripture? So um, let me give you a couple of examples. Um, again, the summary here is uh, we have the apostles. They are out preaching Jesus. They are arrested and told to stop and told if they do it again, uh, or they're, they're told to stop and told if they do it again, they'd be arrested. They, uh, we have already seen that they go back out. They, uh, they preach again. They say, hey, listen, we, we can't, you guys are going to have to make up your decision about whether you arrest us or not, but there's, we have to keep preaching what we've seen and heard. Sure enough, they go out, 
And then in this passage, we, we uh, heard this morning that they indeed, they get tattled on, chief priests go out, grab them, um, or they're not in prison when they go to get them. So they, somebody took, goes to get the servants, uh, excuse me, <laughs> somebody goes to get um, Peter, uh, who is locked in jail, and he has escaped. He's not there. And there's guards in front of it, guarding it. Nobody knows what's going on. So first, let's go back to the Old Testament to see a, a pattern. Um, do you remember in uh, Daniel, um, early in the book of Daniel, chapter 3, I think, the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, um, who in that case, they refused not to worship a statue of Nebuchadnezzar, and they are thrown, the penalty, the legal penalty is to be thrown into the fiery furnace, and yet there they stand with one who, quote, looks like a son of the gods, and then they come out of the furnace um, unsinged and unharmed, okay? So that's one sort of pattern of someone who has uh, a, a imperial legal action taking, imperial meaning from empire, an imperial legal action taking against them for um, living out their um, obedience to God, okay? Now, the one that should ring, so that's, that's an Old Testament example, and now let's come into the New Testament, and the one that I hope would ring the most bells because it is closest in proximity here in the book of Acts is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You have um, people who are locked inside of, um, you know, in Jesus' case, it's a tomb. In their case, it's a prison. There are guards standing outside it seems impossible that they would get out, and yet somehow, miraculously, both with Jesus and with the apostles, they get out, and uh, uh, and now we have directly connected to the death and resurrection of Jesus, this same Sanhedrin that is appearing before a high priest, so you think about the trial of Jesus. There are all these connections to this New Testament church that are going back to Christ in the tomb, and then Christ resurrected, um, not the least of which is, um, is uh, the fact that the servants, they're, they're spending, uh, the servants of the high priest, they're spending all their time like trying to spin this narrative to make it seem as if these people do not have the power of the Holy Spirit. Like there's nothing to see here. There's nothing going on here because they don't want to lose their power. They don't want people convinced of that. And notice the reply at the end. It is, we must obey God rather than people. And that is true of, of Jesus in his relationship with the Father and, and things that he gave. Um, you're not in charge here, he said to Pilate. Um, you think you're in charge, but you're not, um, even though you're a king. And of course, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, all the way back to the book of Daniel, which says, I'm sorry, we're not going to obey you when you give orders that would have us deny our true king, um, who is God. Okay, so how do these apostles, um, how does, uh, do, does Peter here, how do they know what to do in this situation um, as I explain this? And it, where I would point you first is because they are very familiar, have lived through um, you can see that verse 32 says, we are witnesses. Remember what they said in a previous chapter. They said, we cannot stop talking about what we have seen and heard. Okay, so what's happening is they have the biblical story in mind. Um, from their Old Testament reading all the way back to Daniel, 
Um, and you, you know, you could track this story over over several, all through the Old Testament. But I'm just using that as an example, all the way back to the Book of Daniel. And then, of course, recently on their minds, they have what they have seen and heard in Jesus. And now they are putting themselves inside of the biblical story. Here's what I mean by that specifically. They take, they are taking the general idea that, um, that God honors faith, God honors faith in him and obedience to him, and that when you place your faith and obedience to him, not even death or threat of death can stop you from truly living. Okay, so that's that's sort of what they've got here. Now, of course, they've seen an example of actual resurrections. They put themselves in 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 Daniel's shoes, uh, in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's shoes from the book of Daniel, and also as they put themselves in Jesus' shoes, you know, who's close to them that they've just seen. Um, and so they are living out the truth that God honors faith in him and a commitment to obey him. And to live into their calling, which is to, you know, Matthew 28, uh, Acts 1-8, which is to make known the truth of the gospel. Applying. How do we do this? Um, there are, uh, if, if, I, if I were to break it down, there are, two, um, there are two steps to living out the biblical narrative in your life, okay? <laughs> this, and this might sound um, a bit pedantic, but I'm just going to go here. Step one, you have to read the biblical narrative. If you don't know the biblical narrative, you cannot live into the biblical narrative. Step two, you have to live in the world and you have to be able to see the world through the biblical narrative, okay? One of the breakdowns that we often have as Christians, especially 21st century evangelical sort of America, Okay, one of the breakdowns we have is that there has been a huge wall put up between what we read in the biblical narrative, um, asterisks on that, if we're reading it at all. Statistically, not very many people are actually engaged in reading the biblical narrative as narrative. Um, there's a lot of a lot of us that read it as devotional. So here's a little snippet of scripture and what, how does this help me get through my day? Not as what's the big picture of what God is, has done in the world and is doing in the world. Okay. Those are two different ways to read the Bible. Not one of them is necessary that like both of them are good, but we often don't read narratively where we're understanding the bigger story. Um, and it's, it's, um, that it's necessary to read the Bible for the bigger story. If you're going to live out that story. Okay. So number one is, we, if we read the biblical narrative, we then put a wall up between what we do living in the world. So I read my Bible, and then I'm done with that. Check. Next step, go to work. Next step, do, do my checklist of what I have to do today. Without then looking at the world through eyes of the biblical narrative. In other words... Um, you know, take sacrifice. That's a, that is a big piece of the overarching biblical narrative. We don't go to work thinking, ah, my call is to sacrifice. So I'm going to have eyes open to where I can die to myself to serve someone else today. We just close our Bible. That was nice. I've done that. And now what are my goals sort of set by my employer about work that I have to reach today? And I will do anything it takes to reach those. So we need 
to seek to tear down that wall between living in the world and the biblical narrative, which is exactly what you see happen here. You see the apostles, the disciples say, no, what we have seen and heard, we are going to tell. And when they get in situations where it's necessary for them, where it's very scary, and they can either save their own lives or obey Jesus, they choose obey Jesus. Why? Because the resurrection is what they've seen and heard. They are familiar with the biblical storyline and like, yes, this is exactly where we would expect to be as Christians, and we are ready to do the thing that obeys God and not man without, I hope you'll notice, without getting angry even at the leadership here, Sanhedrin. It's, it's not like they're angry and throwing rocks. I mean, they do say, you killed Jesus, like, and we want to make that known, but they're not responding like, they're not frothing at the mouth and pointing fingers and saying, you're what's wrong with, you know, with our world. Um, they just continue to go about what God has called them to do and know that they can't be stopped because the Holy Spirit is with them. So church, let's tear down that wall. First, let's read the biblical narrative. What's the big story of scripture? You gotta keep reading to see it over and over. And then your life will start, you'll start to see the world through that lens of what God is doing in the world. And then we can obey just like Peter does here because we also have the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. And now let's be silent and pray. Heavenly Father, we know what a beautiful world you want this to be. We know that you're bringing that in Jesus when he comes back. And yet, in the meantime, there is a way for us to give a foretaste to that by living out the story that you have written. By, by not only reading it, but then seeing in our everyday lives opportunity to live as you lived, opportunity to sort of reenact um, what happened to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and reenact death and resurrection and reenact what happened to Peter as we, in love, obey you and not man. Father, will you use our church to do that? Will you help us to break down that dividing wall between what we read in Scripture and how we live our lives? In the name of the Father and the Son and the Spirit, amen. City Church, I'm going to go celebrate Jesus and my birthday. So go and multiply the gospel.